The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Dow futures are green with Dow S&P at record highs, as you heard the gang say. Another hectic week's headed our way with 14 Fed speakers, 16 S&P earnings. Everyone talking pipelines, Musk on SNL, and Pisani back at the NYSE today. Our roadmap begins with Facebook and Alphabet, though, downgraded over at City, and NASDAQ futures do point to a lower open. Plus, state of emergency, a massive cyber attack taking a key fuel pipeline offline, which supplies nearly half of the eastern U.S. And as we continue to focus on crypto, Ethereum is jumping past 4,000, Bitcoin hitting a three-week high. But Dogecoin continues its double following Elon Musk's SNL appearance. A hustle, Carl. It's a hustle. Just ridiculous. (laughs) We're going to get to that, guys. Uh, We'll start, though, with this uh, city downgrade, guys, of Facebook and Alphabet. They go to neutral. At this point, they say, given some of the tough comps that large cap Internet names are going to face, they say we're not recommending any in that space, Jim, except for Roku. And we should probably point out that it's not the only downgrade today. Barclays is cutting Oracle. Atlantic cuts Intel. What's going on? There there is just it's it's kind of like a cyber attack on the Nasdaq. It really is amazing. Now, when I read through the city downgrade, it's thin gruel, frankly, uh, talking about how the ad revenue basically plateauing. I, uh, that is just not true. It's just not. I mean, that is a vision of what might happen. But I think what's really happened is that there's a revulsion against Fang again. And David Costin did the same thing. Just talking about how these stocks just represent too much of the S&P. Kind of interesting to see, again, Intel. The Atlantic piece is very good. It says AMD's killing them, but Intel continues to persist in saying that they're doing well. The Oracle, the stock is up so much bigger versus the earnings. So, I mean, David, uh, we're seeing everybody cut their price targets on the Twilio's, the draft gangs, anything that's high multiple. People are calling for basic multiple compression when it comes to the Nasdaq, but not when it comes to the oils, not when it comes to the coppers, not when it comes to lumber or to the big conglomerates. No, or to the financials. The financials. As well, which have performed well. well, and we are seeing this diversion in the market, and that's reflected today, at least a half hour from now. We'll get started with trading, Jim, but it does appear the Nasdaq will be down. Down. Where the broader market, uh, embraced by the S&P, is going to be up. That has been the case lately. That has been the case this year. You and I have sat here a number of times recently at the beginning of the show, talked about value versus growth, and we're right. seeing it again. But Nucor, which I think is a great company, is getting less valuable as it goes up, and, I mean, just in terms of the multiple. Right, right. Uh, and then Freeport is being driven. There's, this, there's just what well, people don't understand. There's these ETFs 
they've carved up every ETF. So the ETF gets bought and then the stocks follow. And mm-hmm. Carl, one of the things that is just kind of insane. Look uh, at you Freeport. Know, I mean, we had Richard yeah, Ackerson I mean, on last week. Of course, he is well, one happy fella. Well, it could. He's I the mean, most he was, happy fella. He was like offering stock of <laughs> I like that. Fear <laughs> of LaGuardia. Uh, one of the things, Carl, is, is that there's retails now in these stocks, and they're just frantically chasing them. Uh, now, some of these companies are putting through price increases by the week. I mean, you know, I know the steels can do that. Uh, copper, yeah, obviously lumber's manipulated at this point. You just don't have enough sawmills. But uh, there is, uh, throughout this period, a desire to get away from the NASDAQ. And I think that that's really the most salient thing that I see right now, Carl. Yeah, well, to your, to your point, Jim, about um, the difference between uh, people's longstanding beliefs about the trend versus what's happening to the price shorter term, it's something that Kathy Wood brought up on her appearance on Closing Bell Friday, and it kind of ties in with the general sentiment uh, you're pushing. Take a listen to what Kathy said Friday. I love this setup. Uh, you know, I, the last time I was on, I think I said uh, that this rotation was good news because uh, it meant the bull market was broadening out. It was strengthening. And uh, the, the worst thing that could have happened to us is to have the market narrowly focus on just our ilk of stock, the, the innovation space. Uh, instead, it has broadened out so that year to date, uh, I think it's uh, energy's up 40%, financials are up 27%. Our point of view, five-year time horizon, nothing has changed except the price. So, Jim, does that speak to you? Nothing has changed except the price. When I listened to that interview, which was quite good, I thought about a head coach uh, for a Southern NFL team who, uh, at halftime, was down 21 to nothing. And he started his speech to his team saying, we've got them just where we want them. And I remember saying, why did you say that? Just, I don't know. It's like the most stupid thing you could say. <laughs> well, when you're down 30 percent and others are up, um, I guess you got them just where you want them, David. Well, it does give you an opportunity to buy even more. Yeah, oh, yeah. If you believe. A lot. As she believes. She probably buys the trade desk today. That's down Completely believes. Yeah, we, I mean, we haven't taken a lead. Well, we, we're still talking about Kathy. I, ha- I don't actually have her trade sheet today. Usually I have it from... You see what she bought Friday, from Friday. Friday? No, I know. I don't have it in front of me. Well, look, I mean, um, it doesn't take, mean, listen, over time, she has had the year, best performance. Five year. And if she well, continues. Well, that was this, then and this is now. OK, yes, true. Good. They're SC killing these book. stocks. Yes. They're taking all the air out of these stocks and including her relatively unknown stocks. Now they can come back. Carl, the five year is that's terrific. And I hope that the people who are in there, Carl, have a five year perspective because I think they will do quite well. But right now, there are people who expected a five-day return, which is what she gave you. And that's struggling, including the man who was on Saturday Night Live, whose stock, as much as I love him, and he did say that he's like an ad, what did he call himself? What do you expect, some kinder, gentler, chill guy? But, I mean, you know, Tesla's not been a great stock. These things all worked for a period of time. And now, Carl, they're not working. You've got to be a new core. And these people don't new from core. Yeah, except that if history's any guy, Jim, it's it's. Over time, that won't be the right trade. I mean, well, maybe they're the next Google and Facebook. Nucor? No, not Nucor. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Woodstock. That's what I call them, by the way. Who? Woodstock. Who do you call Woodstock? Kathy Woodstock. Oh, oh. Woodstock. I see. All those stocks. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Woodstock. That is, yeah. I mean, why not? That was like an unbelievable concert. It, it was. Yeah, it well, was that's in, Woodstock. It was in Bethel, New York, not Woodstock, but yeah. No, wait. Sure. Max Jurgens. No, we did. 
Stay focused. Sorry, I am focused. It's I'm focused Woodstock. on Woodstock. I just think I'm not making you know, she's obviously uh, got a beat on things. But when she said, Carl, and I, I'm the, another thing I don't approve of is she used a lot of the stocks I regard as incredibly volatile. And the NASDAQ she uses as what she called but basically what cash equivalents. I mean, I don't know. Uh, David is a, I can use I, I, I could easily say that right now. Facebook is cash equivalent. And I think you would say to me, Jim, you've lost your mind. <laughs> Jim? Go ahead. Not yet. You haven't. You haven't. I'll let you know when it happens, Carl. Thank I'll let all, everybody know when we're really fully Is Ring Central yes. uh, cash, is Ring Central cash equivalent? I have them on tonight. I'll ask them if they're cash equivalent. They're down 37% for the year. That could be cash. All right, but what well, are they up over a, the last five years? Sorry, well, that's the thing. Yeah. The five-year, the five-year, they're down 32. The five-year, the five But, David, yeah. that, was, that was a different market. This is a market that is about an economic recovery like we haven't seen other than Friday's labor number. Right. Which we think no, may be an aberration. Jim, uh, it's exactly, exactly ties into what we're talking about, continued squeezes in various types of commodities over the weekend, as you now know. It's been uh, fuel. Uh, the largest U.S. fuel pipeline remains mostly shut after that ransomware cyber attack uh, gets half of the supplies, basically half of the East Coast. And we'll be talking about the impact on the fuel in the coming uh, in the coming blocks. But in the meantime, the Commerce Secretary talked about all hands being on deck on the Sunday shows. Take a listen. It's an all hands on deck effort right now. And we are working closely with the company, state and local officials to, you know, make sure that they get back up to normal operations as quickly as possible and there aren't disruptions in supply. All right, Jim. So how close of an eye are you keeping on prices today? And I guess what does it say about concerns about future attacks, whether it's an energy or X energy in the future? Well, I, I, we've always heard that utilities were vulnerable. And this is a utility to some degree. And. And people are just saying that, but you've never seen it. Well, this is big. I mean, maybe this was a ransomware attack. We don't know. If there's what, there's a lot of what do we know and what do we don't know going on here. Uh, maybe it was a ransomware attack and they finally wouldn't pay. And we see a lot of companies pay the ransomware. David, I mean, they, they pay the ransomware. They say it was a ransomware yeah, attack. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah. that this finally was one that would hit their earnings. Right. They weren't going to pay. I see. That the number that was being asked was so high well, that it would have been material. Right, because I keep hearing about companies paying ransomware. Well, in, typically, the, yeah, those who are holding these whatever assets hostage ask for a number that is kind of just right, right? Right. Not high enough to really crush you, exactly. but high enough that it'll, they'll make a lot of money. Exactly right. Yeah. Now, Charlie Munger talked about. Uh, the idea that these cryptocurrencies basically are evil. Well, it's what you pay your ransomware in. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I haven't paid, you know, but I, this is what I know. Understood. That's what I know. Um, the larger question continues to be, I think, Jim and Carl, what, you know, if, if a Eastern European criminal gang has the capability right. to do this, what do our true adversaries in China and Russia right. actually have the ability to do? Well, they have a thousand and people in the solar. The, that solar there's apparently a room of a thousand people, according to someone I, I'm involved with. In, in Russia, that, you're yes, talking about solar winds. Thou- solar winds. Not to mention a thousand people. Not to mention the incredibly well-organized Chinese, count, uh, Chinese cyber espionage effort that's been going on for a decade, more than a decade. And my, the people I'm involved with keep saying the same um, thing. When will the United States play hardball? And that, that continues to be a key question. Right. When will we hit back in some way? But yeah, my point is, if you, if you can take control of a pipeline to this extent, and you're just a criminal gang in Eastern Europe, as right. is potentially alleged here, our ad- true adversaries would have the ability one would expect to do whatever they want. Right. And that's why you have to buy Conoco. With that's our electric grid, with that's our That's why pipelines. you have to buy Conoco, okay? Why? Because... 
they're going to be able to jack the prices up and probably not even involve that much with Colonial. Yeah. David, it's like um, the winter storm in Tyson. They mentioned they mentioned that the winter storm was bad for them, but they're raising prices. Tyson. But, Carl, the underlying commodity is not getting hit, uh, moving that much at this point. Not there seem to be enough. Well, because there's, there's enough, enough on yeah. hand, right? There is enough uh, yeah, available in terms of gasoline. So, right. right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Just no, want to check with you before but it's I go another, back But it's another, uh, Carl, it's just another commodity that people are going to say, well, Jay pal, this or that. Like, like raising rates is going to suddenly open the colonial pipeline. <laughs> right, right. No, that's 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 been the argument uh, for a bunch of things. How does raising rates open more sawmills in the short term, Jim? It's, it's not really related. We do want to mention uh, we do we do want to mention covid cases continue to improve. Uh, last night, twenty two thousand new cases. That's down seven thousand from a week ago. Uh, and the NYSE is uh, opening even more broadly, as we now know, starting today for the first time in more than a year. We're going to be able to say let's get to Bob Asani at the NYSE. Morning, Bob. Good morning, guys. It's been a long time. It's been too long, but it's time to start coming back. And by the way, that is the NYSE's message today. The NYSE closed in March of last year, but it reopened in May. Most of the NYSE staff, as well as a good part of the trading floor, have continued to work from home. But now, like much of the country, the NYSE is just starting to call people back to work. Starting today, The NYSE is adjusting its COVID protocols and will allow more people onto its trading floor. Members of the floor community who have been fully vaccinated will be exempt from certain restrictions, including a random testing program. They'll also be allowed to remove face masks, so they must continue to maintain social distancing. That, of course, is six feet or more. If 100 percent of a trading firm's floor-based staff have been fully vaccinated, the firm will be permitted to bring them back fully staffed. Media organization, including us, will also be permitted on the trading floor. Everyone will still be required to wear a mask when walking around the floor. Now, I am in my own booth here on the floor and so don't have to wear a mask because we have our own little situation here, in our own booth. And by the way, it's not just the NYSE itself. There's an entire community of designated market makers here, as well as brokerage firms, both large and small, here on the trading floor. Many have been switching shifts. They've been alternating between working at home and working on the floor. And you'll see more of them as well. Now, we'll be talking to the NYSE's president, Stacey Cunningham, at 940. She'll give us a good idea of why she's reopening right now, what other CEOs are telling her as well. Of course, we'll get some comments on the markets from her as well. And of course, Carl, David, Jim, looking forward to having you back here sometime soon as well. Uh, We can't wait. Guys, what do you think? What, What does it mean for us? Well, I mean, the floor is the floor's energy, but more important, I get to be with it. I want to be with you, Carl. We were with Carl last week at Bar San Miguel for Second a Mile. It was uh, my wife was saying, Jesus, do you ever get to see Carl? I said, well, I see him virtually, but yeah. it was just so great to see him. It, it, will, really ha- it, it will happen as things continue to move in a very positive, uh, positive right. way. When do we get rid of masks here? You mean here as in what? In this company. You mean indoors? Yeah. I don't know. Scott Gottlieb this morning was saying. Well, that's why I yeah, said it. Yeah. I, mean, I thought I mean, Scott Gottlieb was making the point. He has been throughout this sort of the right. voice of reason. I would never mention where we are if it weren't for I listened yep. to Gottlieb on our network. And it, yep. to me, it said, like, take them all. Positivity rates are very low, right. thankfully. Now, he did. That's region. what I interpret. Yeah. Yeah. That it's done. We're done. Who knows? We're getting there. Maybe I, I better be safe than sorry. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, no, it's true. But Gottlieb's been he's been saying, look, we got to open just as aggressively as we I closed. Know. 
Uh, Bob, we can't wait to see you, obviously. Uh, we'll talk to you in a bit. In the meantime, uh, futures are a little bit mixed. NASDAQ week, as we said, on that city call. We're back in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. What is it, man? <laughs> I keep telling you, it's a cryptocurrency you can trade for conventional money. Oh, so it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. <laughs> Why didn't you say that, man? Postfall to everybody. It's a hustle. To the moon! That was the moment. Uh, Michael Che and Elon Musk on Saturday Night Live over the weekend talking about Doge. Of course, Doge loses a third of its value shortly after that moment. Uh, has been working on trying to get some back here, Jim. Uh, and then, of course, we got the SpaceX announcement about this Doge-funded lunar mission. Where do you think we are uh, in, in popular sentiment around the coin? I, I think that at this point, um, the, the people who do Dogecoin just are very self-interested in promoting Dogecoin. If you have Dogecoin, you have a lot of Dogecoin, maybe you want to say, hey, listen, I'll take Dogecoin. I know that Robinhood uh, did crash crypto for one half hour. Uh, at that moment, but that Robinhood was also the top app in the app store all last week. So, David, what keeps happening as I see it is more new people come in and a lot of people come in on these. And now it is Ethereum. The momentum in Ethereum is extraordinary. Extraordinary. Yeah. Well, Ethereum is used for any number of things. Well, sometimes you have you know, many things growing. you have to and translate the NFTs, to Ethereum. Right? Yeah, and the market week. is relying on yeah. Ethereum. Last week, you have to go to the Square conference call. It's really brilliant. You, but they own me, this. And you've been keeping track of this. Real quickly, Jim, to come back to the Robin Hood cohort, which, of course, we spent now nine, ten months. It was probably a year ago when we started to become aware of right. sort of this new group of investors who, you know, perhaps because sport betting was not, all, sure. not happening, any number right. of other reasons. Where are they right now, in your opinion, in terms of when we, we started the show talking about growth stocks getting hit? Think, These were many yeah. of the names that were favored by, including, of course, Tesla itself, by this crowd. By what? Crowd. Oh, I th- okay. Uh, look, I think that these are down 25, 40 percent. Uh, I don't think that the, Rob- that the Robin Hood cohort has yet discovered the wonders of, let's say, um, Cleveland Cliffs. It, they just don't know their way around Southern Copper. And they're not really attracted to Weyerhaeuser. And, and so, I mean... You know, what, what's happening, David, is, is that I think they're losing money. I think they're doubling down. I think these companies are real. They're not like they have no EBITDA, but the, the market has no appetite for them. And Robinhood, as powerful as it may be as a cohort, you can, you can stand there and you can buy all the service now or Netflix, or, uh, or Netflix all the service, uh, all of the uh, snowflake that you want. 
I have uh, Ring Central in tonight. I, I have uh, Alteryx on. These companies all blew out numbers, and, and people hate them. Institutions hate them. Robin and people, I think, are still buying because they haven't heard of the stocks that are. They're not buying 3M, which recovered very nice from the from the miss, yes. and they're not buying Raytheon Technologies. That's where the that's where the action is. They're buying a lot of AMC and GameStop still. Still, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they love the movies and they love uh, the. Uh, they love uh, Godot. Godot? Godot? Oh, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. waiting for Godot? Uh, Ryan Cohen. Oh, him. Got it. I call him Godot. Just like, there's, just like Woodstock? <laughs> yes. Godot. I love all these references. It's great. Yeah. Carl? I, I love it when we layer them one on top of the other, guys. Um, that's, a, that's a good discussion about uh, where the market is right now. Speaking of which, we'll get that opening bell in nine minutes on this Monday. Don't go anywhere. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. NASDAQ futures are the outlier here this morning as we talked about that uh, downgrade of Facebook and Google out of city today. Got some upgrades, though, for other names like PNC over at Ray J, Jeffrey's upgrades Live Nation as we pay attention to the economic reopening and the consequent inflation when we get the opening bell in a few minutes. A little less than three minutes before we get started with trading for the week. Let's squeeze in a mad dash. Walmart. Walmart Plus was viewed to be not doing as well as Amazon for a couple of months. And that crushed Walmart stock, just crushed it. Morgan Stanley this morning comes out and says, Walmart Plus update, survey takeaways, grocery it actually says that there's been an uptick in membership. Now, this stock went, lost basically 10 points when, the, when things were down. And when I called them, uh, the company was unwilling or unable to confirm the slowdown. But here we have a step up in Walmart Plus membership uh, and Basically, that should reverse what ailed the stock. If they're right. If Right. And you can't get anything confirmed because yeah. Walmart's not going to tell no, you. No, Walmart doesn't share that much. No, these are surveys, David. But mm-hmm. the survey is better than it's been, which is important. So the survey from this brokerage firm indicates from that, Morgan Stanley. that the worries about their the ranks of their subscribers are unfounded. Yeah, well, we were all worried because Mark Lurie, the Jet.com guy, yes, he retired. Yes. And a lot of people felt that he was the brains behind the operation. I happen to think, I've had him on a couple of times, I, I actually agree with that. But it's, impos- it's possible that he just has a legacy and there was a deeper bench. I think this Walmart piece is a smart piece, but so were the last pieces that said that it was a slowdown, because right. apparently there was a slowdown. Well, I mean, but again, you know, back to the idea of looking at things over five years, which is probably a good way to look at them. Take a look at five years of Walmart. I mean, Doug McMillan and the strategy changed to a certain extent, or at least the pivot to to e-commerce and the investment they made has paid off if you're a long term investor here. Yes. And I um, remember when he cut his when he raised his wages, there it which is, then Jim. cut the that's, earnings. That's five years. I mean, five that's years. what you want to say. Take a look right? at Costco. They look yeah. at Costco. They've done over a five year period. It's even better than Walmart. And Costco doesn't even really have e-commerce. They just started and they're well, of course, there'll be a juggernaut now that they've started. But retail's been a great place to be, whether in Burlington, you know, Burlington stores, which you and I have to shop at once. David, the lines are so long there. 
at Burlington. It's incredible. The lag trade that Matthew Boss talks about, which is L Brands, uh, American Eagle, Gap stores come back. I know, I know. The so the mall's been the retailers. The mall's been like the best. I mean, mall stores have been the best place to be. And Matthew Boss today comes out and says, "Listen, insatiable demand. How is this possible?" I'm not quite sure. I thought we decided the mall was dead. The B malls, the A malls, A are malls hanging in there. are still hanging in hanging there, David. In. Yeah, David, you ever been to a mall? Not pretty, a long, it's pretty fascinating. time. They have like bulgari and stuff now. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, $42,000 necklace in the window. Nice. You have to make sure that your wife doesn't go by that part of the mall. That's not going to happen. That was a sexist comment, by the way. Okay, your spouse. I'm sorry. I was thinking, actually. How do you know I don't want that $42,000 No, no, I don't want to get in trouble with this. I was actually, I know you outside of work, okay? I actually don't have this. Well, you know, I mean, we can all pretend that we don't know each other. I wouldn't buy a $42 necklace, (laughs) let alone $42,000. But anyway. Right. AMC update. we'll take him to Eddie Bauer. Uh... Now, oh, now owned by Simon. Simon Property, which we can talk about in a little bit. There's the opening bell, though, NYSE and NASDAQ as well. S&P 500 at the bottom of your screen. Jim, we're still uh, kicking around answers to that conundrum that the jobs number handed us on Friday. A lot of discussion from Yellen, of course, uh, talk over the weekend about whether or not that unemployment supplemental is truly a disincentive to work. Uh, Evans was on with Leesman in the last half hour of Squawk Box and talked about other Potential reasons, child care, better job matching, and the idea that one print is not enough to draw broad conclusions. Here's what Evan said. We're looking for outcomes. And so when we've said that we're going to continue to uh, buy assets until we see substantial further improvement um, towards um, our mandates, and the chair says one employment number is not enough, and then we get a weak number, I think we're going to have to see more strong employment numbers, and we're going to have to see inflation, and it'll be delicate. We'll see transitory inflation. It's going to look like it, it is above 2%. Is it going to be relative prices, or is it something more sustainable? So I think um, it's going to take quite some time for us to actually see it in the data, assess it. Uh, we're going to get more numbers this week, Jim. CPI Wednesday, retail sales Friday, and a large part of the market's bracing for numbers that will look hot. Yeah, they should. I mean, the retail sales in particular highlighted on, on uh, may have money on Friday. I think going to be very, very big. OK, so let's just go through the math here. I have to pay twenty two dollars per hour in order to be able to beat the unemployment benefits. I can't. At eighteen dollars an hour, I'm paying, which is the highest that I've seen in the area that I'm in. I am still at a four dollar disadvantage to unemployment benefits. Now, I know there are many people come on our network. Carl, many people come on our network and they say, listen, the dignity of work. And I know, I mean, that's what Freud talked about, the dignity of work. But I can't, the dignity of 22 bucks, I can't. You know, and especially when I have so many people doing delivery, of which I lose money on every, every delivery order where they take more than 15%, I lose money on. But I can't pay 22, Carl. That's crazy. I mean, I was paying 15 before the pandemic. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Uh, Nat Alliance does uh, has a memo out today citing a Bank of America study that said basically if you're making less than 32 K, it pays to sit at home at 15. That's about 30. So the range you're talking about, Jim, 15 is really a fulcrum point, I I guess. If you're a believer that that's the actual factor, I mean, Evans did suggest the number of schools that are closed does create complications for parents who want to go back to work but have no place to, to have their kid go. Well, look, there's a lot of people, you know, they have no place to be, you know, San Francisco, no in. in no, but I like, mean, Jim, there's also this idea that, that some people who've been in the industry you're talking about, right. restaurant hospitality, are reassessing their career choices as well. 
True, but there are 150,000 restaurants have closed. So you would think that ones that are open would be able to get. We have seven people who called and said they're going to come by. Uh, They're applied for a job. Only one showed. What is that? They they can claim they tried to get a job and they're okay. Uh, You know, I I can't have seven people, six people not show. I mean, I don't understand why anyone thinks we can have two restaurants. One of them's doing very well, but I can't pay this. But is that bef- and is that are these waiter? I mean, are you including tips in that, or is that well, just- no? It's just basic. You okay. got to pay. You have to pay. I'm right. paying for my kitchen cost. My, I, I'm paying what you would pay for, you know, true. And so, are you raising are. prices for your customers? Yes, I just did the pricing menu, and I job, you know, I took things up two bucks. Percentage wise, give me a sense. Five percent. Okay, 10%? so how about a six dollar beer to eight bucks? Six to eight. Yeah, for a beer. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Well, Jim. Yeah. Uh, we definitely we definitely heard from Tyson today. Uh, we're seeing substantial inflation across the supply chain will likely create margin pr- pressure during the back half of the year. I don't know if you saw this flash on Chipotle um, raising average wage to 15. And I guess, although I only saw the flash head, uh, in, including a path to a six figure salary within three years. I guess that will be part of the selling point if you were to come in and inquire. Well, I, I knew they were going to have to do that. I mean, remember, they make more money per unit than every, every uh, almost every other publicly traded stock and in that business. So they can afford to do it. Uh, I know that the stock's been under pressure, though, because of it. It's not really, if you go over how they've done, there's, they have a very good leverage situation on food. The food's not hurting them. Labor will hurt them now. But as bad as that is, you've got to take a look at stocks like Trade Desk, TTD which reported a quarter that on the surface was quite good. There was one line that, you know, they had revenue up 37 percent. It was 220 million, uh, but there was a consensus of 217 million. I mean, so maybe that wasn't enough. But TTD is the NAS. Okay, that's the NASDAQ. David, when I see Trade Desk, that stock would have been up big on a similar number. And Jeff Green is a great CEO. Up big, I believe, on a similar number. And this is another one of those stocks where I, you know, they're down 30%. I have them where I want them. Right. Right? Yep. yep. I guess this is, again, a, tra- a Woodstock. It's giving you a buying opportunity. It's Woodstock. Is what, yes. Is buying what Kathy Wood Because, would say. David, you got that five-year perspective. All right. Well, give me the five-year perspective then on Apple, which is down 3% for the year and about 1.2%. I think Apple's reinventing itself. It's got 5G. It's buy. Okay. Now, one of the things that Costin did, and I know, Carl, you follow Costin, he talked about how these companies mm. over-index on how much money they spend on R&D, operating cash flow. He basically made a case for them, even as he was basically saying that they're over-owned. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I mean, on the one, I mean, I love Costin, so I, I, he is a delight to read. But there is a, a notion that these stocks are, are, are too owned, but also makes sense to be owned. But, David, you look quizzical. No, I'm not looking quizzical. I mean, Facebook has had a very good year so far. Uh, Alphabet, obviously, even more so. Uh, an amazing well, maybe run. Both are down well. on that downgrade from City. But they're not expensive. They're doing extraordinarily well. They're not expensive. Well. They're not over, no, these they're not ones I'm talking expensive. about are EV over EBITDA. Right. David, these are all the time sales stocks yes. are getting clobbered. The times earning stocks are holding up. Okay. So the snowflakes. And even though so I well. think that snowflakes going to have a bang-up quarter, it's not the kind of quarter that you're going to get from Alcoa. Do you think that people, Robin of people know Alcoa? Do they even use tinfoil? Do they call it tinfoil? Sure they do. What do they call it? Doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really grab the imagination, I guess, in the well, same the way. The imagination that, doesn't you know, play a role. The Doge, Dogecoin can. I mean, that's, you know, you can let your imagination run wild there. Well, it's how about with Alcoa. I was with someone this weekend as a SPAC. 
You were. Well, yeah. everybody's got and a SPAC. I said to him, That's I said, not a big, I big said deal. you're the only one at this table that has a SPAC. This is insane. Right, right. One guy had a SPAC. That's not. We had seven people. Who over. are you hanging out with? What kind of crap? Poor people. Only one guy. Only has one a SPAC. guy. I said, who else has a SPAC? Carl, no one else had a SPAC? I was completely let down by this group. <laughs> we got to. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. I, if we, if you'd been with them maybe eight weeks earlier, it might have been a different picture, Jim, yeah. but they missed it by that much. Um, to your broader point about what, what is working this morning, it is Chevron, uh, 3M, NASDAQ's down by a full percent. Jim, we haven't quite touched on Marriott, uh, but the quarter occupancy in U.S., Canada, back to the 40s. We, were, we started the year in the low 30s. They didn't even talk about green shoots in corporate, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, although they gave the illusion, the allusion to uh, the China's almost back to pre-pandemic levels. I, look, I know the stock has to get hit a bit, but I, I also know that the, the reopening trade is, is alive and well. We see constant, you know, like Live Nation today, you know, people recommending Live Nation. I mean, it, 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 the, anything type trip, TRIP. I mean, oh, good. He'll be on, Tony Capiano, 1030. I think it's worth asking him about the business travel because we certainly have not seen any pickup in it at all. David, you've been correct in chronicling that business travel just doesn't exist yet. Not yet. And the question is how much of it will exist percentage wise based on 2019 levels, sort of the normalized levels. And I think that could take years. And listen, many of the airline executives we talked to as well believe that Gary Kelly says, I just don't know. I mean, you asked the question. A lot of people don't know the Expedia CEO last week also saying it will come back. But, you know, the question remains, how quickly will it come back? Well, one of the things that's difficult, how much of it will come back? If you want to go visit an office in order to be able to see key decision makers. Yeah. They may be in Hawaii. Yeah, they may they may not be in a centralized location. Right. And they may not still want to let you in the building. It depends on the company right. at this point, or you may have to go through lots of protocols still because we perhaps have not yet sort of changed to reflect the current environment and the risks inherent in terms of getting COVID at this point, which thankfully are very low. Right. Um, but people are going to uh, business people are getting back on planes. They're starting to go see some clients. But again, the internal kind of thing where you go and and visit your unit here or there, that may not happen. In fact, they may not even be in the office either. So it it, it could be many years before we get back to anything approximating where we were in 2019. Yes, but the NASDAQ stocks that were were involved with business, that made it so business was doing uh, holding up during the pandemic uh, because people basically are um, hybrid. Yes. Well, look, Ring Central is an ultimate hybrid. They actually say to you, look, we can do it anywhere. Well, they can do it anywhere. It's down 33%. Right. Now, by the way, is that a Woodstock? Right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Zoom, Zoom video's high was $588. Uh, it's still up a lot over the last 12 months, but it's $289 today. So the last 12 months is still up? It's still up. Oh, yeah. It's up 86% over the last two month, 12 months. But it's, just, it's down 300 points from its high. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, that, people, people just, this stock was at 450 in February. It's a 289 Zoom. That's a, that's a Robin Hood. Uh, Jim, I, there's so many names, so many names in that camp. Uh, DKNG, a bunch of others, 30 plus from the highs, which uh, doesn't get talked about enough because so much else is working. And it affects, obviously, the overall indices. Um, we got a record high on the Dow. Uh, as you saw, a record high on transport, still about eight points shy on the S&P. Let's get back to Bob Asani with a very special guest this morning. Hey, Bob. 
Hello, Carl. The NYSE has been open since May, but it's reopening even more today. Let's talk with Stacey Cunningham. She is the president of the New York Stock Exchange. She joins me here at Post 9. It's been a long time. It has been, Bob. It's great to see you. Welcome back. We couldn't be more excited to have you back in the building. I am happy to as well. Why now? What, what's changing today? What, what made you say May 10th? We're, we're starting to call people back more. We are doing the same thing that we've been doing for the past year. We've been monitoring what's happening locally and putting protections in place based on the local conditions. So we have back for the, you know, since, since last May when we reopened, we reopened with a various number of layers of protection. And now that the local conditions are what they are and they're much, much better and the prevalence rate locally is much lower, we can remove some of those layers alongside the fact that so many people are getting vaccinated. Yep. So the vaccinations are leading us to where we are today. But we're going to keep monitoring conditions as we go forward. That's not going to change. The NYSE seems to be as emblematic of what's happening around the rest of the country. Slowly but surely, people are coming back in. What are you hearing from CEOs about the glide path to going back to work? So if you asked me this question a year ago, what I heard it consistently across the entire CEO base was everyone was, was positively surprised by how productive their teams were. Now, as you talk to CEOs, that message is different across different sectors, geographies, locations. People are thinking about their own business, and some feel like, hey, we actually could do a lot of this remotely, but many others are missing that cultural uh, impact that you have when you bring teams together, the fact that teams get more creative. So people are trying to get their, their teams back together. And, and just my own personal experience, as I've seen people come back into the building, they're excited to see each other, and they didn't realize they were going to be. There is a camaraderie you cannot get from working at home. And yet sure. we saw trading done at home and even the NYSE systems working remotely. Explain that experience, because from me, as a close insider watching from afar, it all seemed to work pretty darn well. Yeah, it all did. Did work very well and much like those CEOs were saying last spring we're excited by how well we can do things remotely but that doesn't mean we don't lose something what we saw when we closed the trading floor was that stocks traded with more volatility uh, during that period of nine weeks that the floor was closed so when we reopened we were trying to restore that full lev level of service to our to our customers academics actually studied it and found that we did see a fall off in, in, um, in market quality during the nine weeks that the floor was closed, even though we still traded better than, than, than most markets. Let me ask you about some things on your plate. You've got a new administration here, a new head of the SEC. Gary Gensler just testified recently uh, in the House, had a lot to say about GameStop, a lot to say about Robinhood, a lot to say about retail trading. It looks like he's preparing a report on what he thinks needs to be done regarding retail trading and protection of retail traders. Have you had any input with his office or with him directly about how to proceed on that? Bob, we're constantly talking to the SEC about our observations in the market and what we're seeing. Chairman Gensler's been in the seat for three weeks, and we look forward to working with him and his team closely as they analyze this. While companies slowed down, while the economy slowed down in many ways, markets did not slow down. I mean, we were exceptionally busy over the past year. We've seen the retail investor a much bigger part of the market than they had been traditionally. One of the things I think is important to recognize when we talk about protecting retail investors is there's two components. There's protecting them at the time they're making that decision to trade their order. And so influences on that might be online Reddit, uh, you know, Reddit and online uh, message boards or broker broker apps. And then the time of trade is the best execution. Sure. Before we let you go, Colonial Pipeline, obviously an issue. Is the NYSE safe from a cyber attack? How are you set up to protect the trading operations? We are here? we are constantly working not only with our own teams but others in the market, with our regulators, with other exchanges, on ensuring that our markets are secure. All right, Stacy, we very much appreciate having you. 
have us back here. I'm very Bob, excited to be back. I got something for you, though, before we oh, go. All right. I mean, I, I started on the trading floor in the 90s, and so throughout my entire time down here, you've been a fixture on this floor. There is no way we're going to let a global pandemic uh, stop, stop Bob Bassani from broadcasting from the trading floor. So you are the chairman of the floor, as we saw, as, as you got warm welcome when you came back. So this is just a small token of our appreciation of having and, you back here, Is that a gavel? It is a gavel. You know, we, we, we like bells and gavels around the new NYC. Oh, well, that is a great honor. Thank you very much, Stacey. And again, it's a great honor to be here at the New York Stock Exchange since 1997. And I'm just happy to be back. Thank you very much, Stacey. Stacey Cunningham, the president of the New York Stock Exchange. Quite an honor, Carl. Oh, Bob, that is fantastic. And you are so deserving of being the first one back. Uh, we will be talking to you a lot from there. Uh, Jim, I'm having flashbacks. I don't know about you. It's a, a warm place. I think it's a very warm and convivial atmosphere. And I always feel like that it's we're center stage. David, center stage is good. Um, listen, when if and when hopefully there is an IPO and there's a crowds yes. again, that would be that that energy is so Do you exciting. Think we'll be able to talk to people. I, I mean, know. a CEO, would they let us, let, you know, look, come on. We apparently we're going to have to expand the desk still. Is it going to be like a prison feet. environment where there's so a we gotta, new we site thing? That, <laughs> we put our hands up and they talk. I mean, geez, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is that going to be the, small we're getting steps? There. We're getting there. We got to We just got to. If we're push vaccinated, through. I keep coming back push to push through vaccination. Yes. I, Carl, no one's asked me if I'm vaccinated at every place I go. They'll take my temperature, which, of course, is indicative of absolutely nothing. But they don't want to see my card. I've got the card. Do you have the Excelsior thing? Did you do that? You got to do that. No, no one gotta... cares about the anything. Being vaccinated means nothing, Carl. How can that be? Yep, yep. I think there's a, a general assumption that if you're out and about that you have been. Uh, at least that's been so. my experience in these early days. Um, but we're going to definitely try this suit on, so to speak, in a, 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 and see how it fits and where it needs to be tailored. But we look forward to going back. Let's get to Rick Santelli this morning. Hey, Rick. Hi, Carl. Well, indeed, it's exciting to see Bob back on the floor. Hopefully Chicago's not too far behind. But I don't know that they're going to be passing any gavels to me. I don't know if Terry Duffy's going to be giving me a gavel. You know, I might get a little crazy with that. Congratulations, Bob Pisani. Look at a one week of tens. What should really jump out at you? 146 spike low yield, big high price on Friday. Week jobs report. It was all the news was talking about all weekend and with good reason. Whether it's, you know, uh, American jobs plan, family plan, infrastructure plan, all the trillions of dollars we're spending in many ways after the peak worst effects of COVID is really making a dynamic that many want to pay attention to. Is all this money really warranted at this point? Are we getting our money's worth? Are some of these policies actually keeping people? We don't know. We know that all these Areas are contributing to people not going back to work. A little nervous, maybe customers don't want to go, childcare, school, and yes, benefits. It's all contributing. We don't know the amount, but what we do know is the amount of more policy programs that seem to be coming down the pike. So this is going to be a very contentious issue on weak data. You talk about politicizing a jobs number. I've never seen one more politicized than this. Look at a August 1st start to 10. So what you really want to see here is since the August 4th low yield close of 2020, Friday's intraday 146, since that 174, that was the lowest intraday level. So you really want to pay attention to that. The market most likely is going to be drawn to that. We're only down a couple basis points right now. Look at a mid-March start 
to the Boone contract. They've been much more aggressive in their sell-off, pushing rates higher. They're hinting at a taper, but hinting at a taper and doing a taper are two different things. Finally, the difference between tens and boons reflecting that taper psychology. Now under 180, it's the tightest it's been in two months, and everybody's talking about taxes, whether they're going to be or they're going to be retroactive. Oh, my God. So look at a one week of the Muni ETF, the MUB. Yes, up, up, in a way. It's, of course, uh, this is the tax-exempt sector, and it's going to stay hot, 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 not to mention record inflows. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you. Uh, Rick Santelli. Still to come this morning, as we said earlier, Marriott CEO Tony Capuano says booking demand is improving meaningfully, and he's going to join us in the next hour to talk about earnings and travel in the wake of the pandemic. In the meantime, record-high Dow, record-high transports, uh, all sectors green, with the exception of really FANG-related sectors, Infotech, Consumer Discretionary, and Communication Services. Don't go away. Tomorrow, don't miss CNBC's Healthy Return Summit. We're bringing together industry leaders to explore how the most innovative companies are addressing the coronavirus crisis and its lasting effects. Join leaders from Pfizer, Eli Lilly, the CDC, and a lot more. You can register at cnbcevents.com slash healthy returns. We'll be right back. Let's get to Jim in a Monday edition of Stop Trading. Carl, last year there was a stock called Alcoa, double A. It was at six bucks this week. Um, now it's at uh, 43. And this is emblematic of what's going on. This company makes aluminum. And uh, you know, if you tell the Robinhood people that they ought to be in this instead of Roku and be in this instead of uh, Netflix, they're going to say, well, I don't even know what that is. But this is what's working. And, and with the exception of a Home Depot and Lowe's because it's planning season, this is what's working. The materials. There's no doubt about that, Jim. Uh, the SLX. Back to a multi-year high it's as uh, a number of steel components uh, wait, are at all-time highs. Is it our opportunity to have Robinhood people follow these stocks? I think we have to at least show them, right? They can go yeah. by Target yeah. and American Express if they right. want to. All right, here we go. Vlad Schoons and Mark Anderson, they are part of the, the Great Depression of tech stocks. And they're doing fabulous. Jim, we'll see you at 6. Yep. Good show. Uh, Mad Money tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.